Smartcast. What does filmed for IMAX mean? It isn't just a movie that'll look great on IMAX's screens. It means that hiding from a sandstorm feels like fear in every flicker. And every triumph is felt in every sound wave. And the things we've only imagined, you can truly experience those too. That's what filmed for IMAX means. Get tickets to experience Dune Part 2 now and IMAX's exclusive expanded aspect ratio. Little Wing is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. I'm in a period of emotional people. Is that all the, oh, I don't care crap? A little adventure. Where are you going? I'm going to steal a bird from the Russian pigeon mafia. Let's do it. Goes a long way. <laughs> Starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Life can hurt, but life is sweet. Little Wing, rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Now streaming exclusively on Terramont Plus. Welcome, fellow Lushes. Come on in, pull up a bar stool, and enjoy some cocktails with dimples and the beard. Well, hello there. Well, hello. Hey there. Hello, hello. I got to shag a cat off my chair. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, they want in on it, right? Yeah. They got something to say. Is the cat in the movie? (laughs) No, no. It probably would be better if he was, because he's an awesome cat. Yeah, he's trained and everything. You know, it's a Maine Coon cat, and I, I don't oh. know if you guys like cats or not, but Maine Coon cats are like the golden retriever of cats. They, oh, okay. They talk to you, they play fetch with you, they follow you around, swat at your feet if they want attention. <laughs> they're very smart. They're awesome cats. And then so. just give you that look and walk away when they want nothing to do with you. Well, you know, they're great because they when they want to have something to do with you, they come to you. Yeah. yeah. When they don't, they just go to sleep. That's perfect. That's perfect. Poo in a box. (laughs) (laughs) Right? That's perfect too. Yeah. So, what's going on with you guys? What are we talking about tonight? Um, let's see. What should we talk about? The Chicago Bears. You you guys got anything going on? Like uh, marketing, marketing our movie. There you go. Excellent. You know, uh, that's been interesting, and uh, talking to filmmakers about potential synergies and Larissa's working on a new script and we're trying to figure out what the next step would be with the next movie um, because it, the, the independent film business is it's tough absolutely it's tough to monetize yeah I can what only you're imagine uh, especially these days when things are changing so rapidly and uh, the, the the monetization that we're getting back is being cut every, at every turn oh boy yeah, so it's it's interesting for all creatives. For, for all creatives, it's not just us. Sure. Well, that that's absolutely one of the things is the um, how how to get something started. How, what the what you went through to get the the film made and uh, cannot be an easy process. Um, no, it's but it's it really... but it doesn't stop you from wanting to do it again. Well, let's let's get everybody introduced first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before we <laughs> okay. truly get into the we, we always... <laughs> we're terrible about that part. <laughs> we just start talking, right? So we are joined by CJ and Larissa Julianis. Is am I saying the last name correctly? Yes. Perfect. And you two are the power couple who created the, uh, the Misadventures of Mistress Maneater. Thank you. Boom. 
I was I was nervous about saying that wrong at some point tonight. <laughs> There's too many M's in that title. I was I was nervous I was going to get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people trip on it. Yeah, a lot of people just call it mistress or mistress man eater. So whatever. There you go. Well, it's a very intriguing title, that's for sure. It yeah, it definitely draws you in right away with the title. Who came up with the title? We I did. Okay, and uh, it was after probably years. I originally was just Mistress Maneater, and oh. then he's like, "No, oh. it needs to, people need to know it's a little more fun." And so he had, came up with the misadventures. Of- yeah, and then we went back and forth with the title because, you know, we had a lot of people saying, "Well, it's too long. It's too much." It reminds me of the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which I really what <laughs> they have the same first letter, but it's yeah. yeah. And uh, then our distributor, uh, no, our film agent. One of them loved the title. The other one hated it. So, <laughs> so we had a uh, we had a huge, huge kind of uh, Facebook uh, contest oh. of who could come up with a better title for the movie. Because we, we'd all been trying. We'd been trying for years, and the uh, the closest that we got was Beauty and the Priest, which <laughs> we didn't like that because, as you know, porn movies often <laughs> yeah takeoffs on that, right? Right. So we didn't want to do that. Um, and, uh, so understandably so. Yeah, I can <laughs> yeah. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Well, so. I think it's a great name. Like I, I said, right, right, from the, right from the get-go, as soon as I saw the title. I had seen the title on Amazon before Adrian had, had talked to us about you. Oh, good. Really? And I was like, and I was like, I got to watch that just based on the title, title alone. alone. I didn't see a trailer. I didn't see anything. I was just like, the title is just drew me in. So I think you oh. did, I think you got it right. Well, okay, that's good. always thank nice to hear. Good to hear that. Thank you. Yeah. Have you watched it yet? Absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Well, thank you. We Beautiful. appreciate it. Beautiful. Yeah. Um, a couple a uh, while ago, right? Like almost after uh, we talked to Adrian. Yes. Uh, we had watched it. Yeah. As soon as we got this thing set up, we uh, yeah we 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 did a viewing. So. Oh, yeah. that's outstanding. Well, yeah. thank you so much for watching. Yeah, absolutely. Really appreciate and, that. Well, and, we we enjoy you know things like that. We love uh, movies and we love uh, music and we love. Arts and so, independence. Heck yeah! If we, you know, any way we can uh, promote that and help is is what we want to do. Yeah, and before we get any further, to further, thanks to Adrian for the introduction. Yeah, so Adrian's a great guy. He's he is. a great guy um, and a good filmmaker. Yeah, yeah, he did a really wonderful job with his movie, and uh, um, we actually had a phone conversation. Uh, and uh, so, as independent filmmakers, we're always looking to share tips and how to succeed and do things better and things like that. And Adrian, he had some really high production values in his film that we were really appreciative of. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. enjoyed really enjoyed talking to him. Yeah. Yeah. And his movie too was was wonderful. So, yeah, yeah. where did the where did the script come from? Where did the idea come from? I'll let the boss take this. <laughs> well, I uh, a, a few different places all kind of coalesced. Um, I had just recently watched or gotten into the Sherlock series on BBC. Oh, okay. And in season two, episode one, uh, Sherlock encounters a dominatrix, but one who is just as smart as he is mm. and becomes his foil. And I was very intrigued by that relationship because I always thought Moriarty should be a woman because not only do you have that meeting of you know, or the battle of two brilliant minds but there's always that sexual tension underneath yeah um and we're I, all about sexual tension <laughs> <laughs> and uh, i love getting inspired by music as i drive because i have to usually um when i'm going to gigs it's long drives so i had heard um man eater 
both versions. Oh, yeah, okay. 1981 and Nelly Furtado's 2006. I was like, hmm, this is kind of inspiring me for a character. And I believe at the time I was with um, a, a late friend who's passed, who's passed away, but wonderful director. We were doing, uh, was doing hand modeling for products. And we always have the most inappropriate conversations. Which are the best. <laughs> Absolutely. Agreed. We've Absolutely. Had, we have several. And I remember one day when we're you know, bored, and I think we're doing hand modeling for children's toys, of all things, doing the video <laughs> shoot. And he's like, so Larissa, if you were a dominatrix, what would your name be? <laughs> and I'm like, hmm, I have to think about that for a while. <laughs> Maybe we've been discussing the Sherlock episode. And now it's pretty obvious what it would be. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> but you want to be very careful with your name for a dominatrix. That's can kill her, make or break a deal. <laughs> I would think. And so I had written the screenplay, something, it was supposed to be just a lark, very fun, very light. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was in 2014. Oh. Got some coverage down of that. So professional feedback from Hollywood readers, of all the things that were wrong with it. And so after licking my wounds, I decided, you know what, this does need to be deeper and there needs to be more going on. And yeah, more background, more characters, just more. And it went from a shallow pond to a deep ocean when she wrote the novel and it, then it, it wrote did. the screenplay from the novel. It had a lot more going on. And uh, since you both have watched it, you know there's a lot of layers to this film. Absolutely. More more than I expected when I, you know, when you started out, when the movie started out, yeah. yes, fun, you know, like that. And then it, this just kept growing, yeah, so... Well, I I think it's been interesting to me how many um, gentlemen such as yourself appreciate it, even though, let's be honest, most romantic comedies don't attract gentlemen, and most of them suck anyway. <laughs> A lot of so, them, yes. Well, okay. So, um, I Did would, you say suck? <laughs> and I had a friend who I think I'd pitched the initial idea to, and they said, that sounds like a romantic comedy with jagged edges. Oh, and, that was, nice. and that kind of stuck as the uh, tagline. That became the byline for a while. And okay. then we realized, you know, with marketing, it's hard. It, and, we learned that it's important to manage expectations. Yes. That's like your most important oh, okay. job. Exactly. Uh, so the people who were expecting a porn when they turned it on were really <laughs> disappointed. Yes. <laughs> True. They were, for the first two minutes, they were like, yep, I got what I, what I, got what I came for. And then... Yeah. <laughs> Just about. <laughs> and then it ended like. Yeah. And it believe did. me, we heard from them loud and clear. Yeah, so what's interesting. <laughs> really? Like, oh, oh, lots of one star ratings from people who were like, there were no tits, there was no ass, there were no sex scenes. It's like, it's a romantic comedy, dude, yeah. on Amazon. Did you read it? <laughs> no. They read your title well, and went. Well, we got so interestingly enough. This is for for those of uh, for those of your listeners who are filmmakers. There is a thriving online piracy conspiracy. It's not even a conspiracy. It's like an online criminal uh, enterprise of stealing movies. And uh, within the first week, our movie was stolen by eight hundred and forty pirate. Holy pirates. cow! Wow. And a lot of these pirate sites were pirate porn sites. Oh, so I was going to say. Yeah. Now, my beautiful movie that's a romantic comedy that is, you know, I mean. And I'm relatively not, clean. Relatively clean. Yeah, there's no it was. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's no nudity. There's, you know, nothing like that. So we were getting one-star reviews from countries we were not even released in. Oh. From people who were expecting a porno. <laughs> 
and they were getting a romantic comedy. So they were all irritated that they, you know, they watched for two. Now, my wife obviously is a very attractive woman and these, you know, knuckle draggers wanted to see her in a sex scene. And it just <laughs> sure. isn't going to happen. So sure. we did learn you know? a lot about the marketing aspects. And I ended up actually um, redesigning the poster. Okay. Because I like, as you notice, there's a lot of night scenes for a romantic comedy too. Usually romantic comedies are very bright and shiny and sunny sure. and happy. And this has a darker side to it. Um, so you know, a lot of things were shot at night. And the poster was originally against a black background. That's just my personal aesthetic. With the serif font. Yes, also my <laughs> personal aesthetic. But um, found out that just the serif font, um, we had an the offer. The serif font and the black. And the black. And the fire. We had a distributor make us an offer and tell us how impressed they were by our cute little horror film. <laughs> obviously they hadn't watched a second exactly <laughs> obviously so i i realized all right i need to redesign this so that a drunk scrolling through amazon at 3 a.m will know this is a romantic comedy you know how pt barnum said uh nobody ever went broke underestimating the american public <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> that's a that's a great quote. I and don't think I've ever heard that. That's fantastic. <gasps> Holds true to, it, for today. Amplified in the last election in Virginia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah well, I, I think it just yeah continues to get more and more. It, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> so was the plan the whole time for you to direct this movie? Was it a joint venture right away, or were you thinking of uh, selling well, yeah, the script? Yeah. Or? yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, I was the artistic director of a fairly well-known theater company outside of Chicago. That's how we met 16 years ago. Oh, okay. I always directed and produced live theater. And then that logically led me to directing corporate videos, industrial videos and things like that. And I directed a couple short films, but never had tackled a full length feature. Okay. I tackled full length uh, theatrical productions. And so we had a real idea of what it would take to make a movie, but when you actually get into making the movie, you find out that it's completely different than anything else that you've ever done because it's just every day. It's Everest. If you feel like Sisyphus mm. pulling, pull, pushing the boulder up the mountain and then it goes to the bottom the next day and you got to start all over. So the plan always was, yeah, I would direct. Larissa okay. and I would co-produce. Uh, I'm fortunate that Craig has directed my, uh, or CJ, as he goes by professionally, has directed uh, my work before on stage. We did a big multimedia, multimedia musical, big epic thing. Um, and I, this, that I wrote the book and lyrics for and produced. Yeah, and he directed that. So it's like, no, the, the person who's best able to understand my intent and to translate it to everybody else. And I, I trust him the most. Yeah, that makes, sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Absolutely. What yeah. was just by just out of curiosity, what was the name of the theater production that that you did? It was called uh, Zenobia. So it was a musical based on the Syrian warrior queen of the third century who actually defied the Roman Empire, but lived to tell about it. So kind of like a little bit of gladiator Xena meets Prince of Egypt sort of feel and uh, very ambitious, very big, um, but couldn't have done it without lots and lots of people um, contributing, just like our film. Exactly. I have a hard time with small modest. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Right, it's big. Bigger, bigger, <laughs> better. Um, so, are you still doing the play? Because I thought I read that it 
there was multi-season story arcs going on with that or is that oh no the no books? that 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 was still different so this my show premiered eight years ago oh. but because of that i was reached out to by um a novelist who'd written a series of books about Zenobia. And uh, they, we ended up striking up a friendship across the country. And so that was actually, a, what you saw was a treatment that I wrote to um, pitch his novels as oh. a TV series right. about Zenobia. Oh, okay. So it, uh, it's, it's kind of interesting. Like once you really put yourself out there and your work out there, slowly you start to connect with like-minded people. Yeah, yeah. In our business, it's really interesting because when we were doing theater, it was very local. And uh, you find your tribe locally with the people who are doing that kind of work. But when you break in and you branch off into film, your tribe isn't local anymore. It's actually national or or international. So a lot of our colleagues and our best friends are in California and London and Dubai and all kinds of places. And uh, it's, it's really interesting because your circle of influence really expands when you start doing films. But even so, it's still kind of a small community. Yeah. And this this entire movie was shot in Chicago? The, the, right well, in our area. The Chicago area. We live in Crown Point, Indiana. Oh, okay. So, oh. Suburbs, oh. It's a suburb of Chicago, yeah. it's considered. It's about an hour to downtown Chicago. So okay. um, we filmed the bulk of it in the Crown Point Valparaiso area. And then we did film some around the Chicago area as well. Okay. Yeah, the one Using the exclusively suburbs. Chicago talent with a few imports from California. It, yeah. It, uh, yeah, I watched another a couple movies. Well... Every 21 seconds, I, I watched that the other night. Oh, you did? Oh, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I recognized some faces in that, in right. your movie, and uh, some other movies I couldn't find, but it seemed like they were the same talent within the within those movies. Um, yeah, yeah. So we... Um, Shannon so Brown? We were, he was in, he was, he was in that, both movies, wasn't he? Yes. Yes. So yes. Shannon Brown was the lead in every 21 seconds. Yep. Uh, we've done, we've, we're friends with him. We've done um, several pictures with him. And uh, he, actually, he and his wife were a huge help with this, our first film. Yeah, because they've okay. done films before. And we were smart enough to know that if it's our first film, we need a lot. We need uh, some mentoring. We need mm-hmm. some people who've done it before and have traveled that road. So we leaned on them and they were very gracious. In, uh, and we, we hired Suzette, but she worked for pennies on the dollar. She was our us. line producer, she which line I producer. highly recommend to anyone starting out, you know, because it's you like, I don't know what, like, I don't know what kind of insurance do I need? How do I manage SAG? I mean, I'm SAG, but I don't know the side of how do I manage SAG contracts with my actors? How do I manage deal memos with all my, um, the, you know, the key uh, or the head of, of various departments in, on the film set, like well, all of these things, um, scheduling, she, she introduced sure. that to me, like this is the software you need to buy and this is how you need to, to plan your day and turnaround time and this is how many pages you can probably shoot in a day and so on and so forth. So we needed that information uh, in order to have a far more streamlined set and do things really, sure. really professionally. And uh, like I said, we were, we, we, done plenty of productions before but a feature film is a really daunting project and uh seeking out people who'd been down that road before really helped us out and we're glad that they did and as you saw you know we had a cast of 40 so that was gargantuan and um so many different locations uh that was definitely a challenge but it adds production value because i have this i I, I always feel torn as an independent filmmaker because yeah you want to create something that is um, affordable and approachable and that you you know you'll be able to do 
But at the same time, I want to create something that if I don't know you from Adam, that I want to turn on on TV when I have the choice of all these multi-million dollar studio budgets. You know, so to me, it has to it has to grab me. It's great if you can make a feature film for ten thousand dollars, but I don't necessarily want to see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a tough ask. This is true. Yeah. How, yeah. So how, how long, long did it? Oh. I think you were going to ask the same thing I was going to ask. Go ahead. Yeah. How long did it take you to, to film the movie? It seems like the independence ones moved pretty quick. Well, this one it's, was definitely a longer schedule yeah. because of so many locations. Okay. So uh, about but five weeks. It's not just the shooting that's time consuming. There's a lot of other components. So there's oh. pre-production. That was about eight months. That was about yep. eight months of getting everything ready, getting contracts ready, uh, auditioning folks, getting contracts signed. Locations secured, yeah. uh, all the preliminary stuff, getting insurance taken care of, uh, talking to attorneys to see if we, you know, needed to do that. Then the actual shooting was about five weeks. Okay. And then after the shooting was done, then we had all the post work to do to get it ready for the premiere. And that took about another eight months as well. So the entire process of making a movie is well over a year. And now, because of the way the industry has evolved, once you make a movie, it's not just about making the movie and giving it to a distributor and saying, okay, we're done. You distribute it. You make us money now. That's like a myth. Yeah. It's, it doesn't exist. Okay. When you make a movie, not only do you have to be a really good filmmaker in order to have a chance for success, you have to be a master marketer. Because if you don't have people watching your movie or knowing about your movie in order to watch it, it's not going to do anything. I yeah. mean, it's like, like the old joke of a bear craps in the woods. Did it really crap in the woods? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Nobody thought. Sure. So, and it, so, so yeah, our, our one of our film agents uh, was Jeff Dowd, who's known as the Dude because the Big Lebowski was based, <laughs> based on, on his him. life. Yes. Yeah, oh, on really? Was, yeah, yeah. So he was the one that taught us that idea of it's all about managing expectations. And with this, it was obviously a challenge because we cross multiple genres. So we did try those other angles, but ultimately it's like, okay, there's action in it. There's MMA scenes. But if you're looking for an action movie, this ain't it. Yeah. Sure. So there's, there's mystery and there, you know, there's all these other different things, but at its core, we ultimately was like, okay, it's romantic comedy. We have to design it as such. We have to market it as such, because I think if people go in expecting that they won't be disappointed or have expected something else. Right. Okay. And if, and if, if people aren't watching it, then how do you get the next one made? You know, to your point, you want to market it. So, you know, it grows and grows and hopefully leads to bigger and better things. Well, we're going to be married to this movie marketing for the next probably four or five years. Yeah. Um, so what's interesting is in the old days, as you as you both know, the barometer of success of a movie was the box office, mm -hmm. right? What it did on the opening weekend and how it performed after it opened. So typically it would start off way up high, right, with the, with the money it made, and then it would go down over time. When you're doing it online via streaming – it doesn't start that way. It starts off very slow and then starts gaining momentum over the long term. Our distributor has showed us case studies where they've had a movie in their stable of movies, their roster of movies for over a year, and it is only now starting to gain momentum after a full year of marketing and getting it, the word out to the public. So it's, it's, it's an endurance test. Yeah. And, and you're always growing and you're always learning because I went to film school um, and that's what my degree is in but 20 years ago. 
And so what I learned then is not exactly applicable to the world of streaming today. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Right. Oh. The whole game has changed in 20 years. It's it's Completely. crazy. Yeah. In that, two that, years. Yes, yeah. That that's true. Yeah. Yeah. But Blockbuster doesn't exist anymore. Right. <laughs> people don't go to movie theaters. I mean, seriously, the last time, not the last time, one of the last times Larissa and I went to see a movie in a theater, the people in the theater were so rude. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I, I, I almost yeah. started a fight with somebody by telling somebody to shut up because yeah. they're trying to watch the movie. <laughs> and, and the guy was like, I mean, I didn't know if he was packing heat, but it was just irritating. It, it is. <laughs> it is. I was in a theater I, with yeah. my kids and this lady pulls out a phone and, and was FaceTiming someone. Oh, my Are, God. FaceTiming? FaceTiming like, going... <laughs> They were like, "Look, I'm in. The, I'm watching Denzel because it was the Magnificent Seven with Denzel Washington, and she was wanting to show her friend that we're watching the movie, and she's just talking like we are right now, out loud, like oh no big deal." Yeah. Oh my god! So I get you know, it. I have, a I, size, get it. I have a size ten shoe, and it will fit up somebody's ass. <laughs> That's fantastic. Try, I, try not to. And I've seen Larissa's last Instagram picture. You have the Wolverine claws, so you'd be good too. <laughs> yeah, really right. No, I, I always say I, I just fake being a badass. I only play badass on TV. <laughs> but she is a gym rat, and she does have a brown belt in crap. Oh, so yeah, you can take care of yourself then. Yes. You're good. Yes. <laughs> we, will, we will not piss you off. That's not, for sure. Not only do you have Wolverine claws, you did the amazing painting that's featured in the movie. Yes, she because did. I, and I was a story behind that. When I when I when okay. I watched the movie, my first question was going to be, "Is that a legitimate painting that you based the movie around?" But then I did some research and found out that you actually painted it. Yeah, you can see her right. Can you see her back there? there? Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> yeah, that was. Um, if if you're interested in me having me talk about it, absolutely. absolutely. I, I'm a gallery artist. It's something I picked up during the recession. Um, and, so, and and that took me to various gigs and things from there. So I do lots of different forms of art when I'm not acting. Um, but uh, that was just saving money. I've realized how many ways we've grown and how many things yeah. we've explored as artists and creatives just to either make money or to save money <laughs> on our projects. So we had, a, we had an initial conversation with a fine artist that we know. And uh, we approached him and said, hey, look, this is what we, we need, a Baroque-style painting as kind of like the MacGuffin mm -hmm. of this film. What would it take to do it? And his estimate was five to $10,000. Our entire budget, I mean, that was like a huge portion of our budget. So I looked at Larissa, I said, it looks like you're painting the painting. I have to learn how. So I, I've always loved Caravaggio. So just like the main themes of the movie, they're about juxtaposition, the, the extreme light and the extreme dark. Our two characters, a, a dominatrix who doesn't want to do it and a priest. Um, who both have a dark side to their personality. Yeah. 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 So that, you know, just that the drama of those juxtapositions. But he, um, he was considered the father of the Baroque, Caravaggio, because of this extreme juxtaposition of light and dark. So he always had like black, dark backgrounds and a strong, dramatic light on the figures. So this, you know, obviously a theme that goes throughout the entire movie as well. Um, and actually, if you noticed our fight scenes, the MMA fight scenes, they're lit like Caravaggio paintings as well. Right. Yep. Very, Very now that you say that, yep. So um, I took his David and Goliath. Uh, I, in, in, so I, I, and then I found a couple photos that were similar with a, a woman, kind of lit similarly, and I combined them 
in um, Photoshop. And yeah, in Photoshop, lit them right, tilt, mm. you know, combine. So I made this composite, and then that was the basis that I used to paint the painting from um, in acrylic, which I don't recommend because he obviously was an oil. <laughs> and uh, it was very difficult <laughs> to make acrylic look like oil. But over the course of four months, I put her together, and I consider her one of my best pieces. Uh, Judith and Holofernes. That's okay. Now, there's another. There's another aspect I want to talk to you about with that painting, which is really interesting. When you when you really take a deep dive into the script that Larissa wrote, it's you know, you can watch our movie and enjoy it as entertainment. But if you want to go deeper, you can look for metaphors, and there's metaphors in that movie. Okay. And toxic masculinity is one of them. Uh, physical intimidation, emotional intimidation financial intimidation, that's all part of the script, along with female empowerment. So Larissa was painting this painting, and I was just leaving her be. I, I have my own job and my own things that I do, but we work from home together. She's got a studio downstairs. My home office is upstairs. And she's painting the painting, and I'm just letting her paint it, and I'm not really seeing what it is. So I finally went down to check it out, and I was really taken aback because that painting is a metaphor of femininity, feminine strength, overcoming toxic masculinity. That's the original plays, story. Which plays sure. right into the film. When Larissa was making this painting. Well, well that was based on, I mean, yes, it was in the novel. It was in the novel. It was in the novel, but the fact that, the fact that it's a metaphor within a metaphor mm -hmm. of the movie was not quite there for, and I just saw it like immediately, that's what this is. And it's interesting how serendipity plays a big part in, in what Larissa and I do because we're both artists. Yeah. And we see things in different ways. And her written word is something that I innately understand and can, can uh, translate to other actors and help translate to film. So that painting really was, uh, it, it shows Larissa's talent in, in another way other than her writing, which was, my opinion is the writing of the movie is very, very well done. And of course her acting is very, very good. So she's just got an, an incredible amount of talents that we showcased in the movie. Oh, and I forgot to mention one thing, gentlemen, okay. um, you asked like, initial inspiration. Um, so there, there, there was more that all coincided this time. I've worked for the last 13 years doing motion capture for the Mortal Kombat video game franchise and Injustice, which is like the DC Comics fighting games. Oh, um, okay. And so in order to increase my value to the people I worked with, because I love doing that work so much, I started taking martial arts and randomly signed up for whatever my park district offered, which happened to be Shotokan Karate. And I had this uh, Serbian sensei. And over, you know, over time, um, really got to uh, ap appreciate who he was as a person and his cultural background and, and how that influenced how he taught and um, his worldview. And that inspired the characters as well. Okay. A lot of a lot of different angles for inspiration, and yeah, uh, th yeah I by watching the movie and looking at the painting, it's it's a wonderful painting. All your paintings are. You would, I see you have the a page of your paintings. <laughs> you did your research. Oh, you You're so did, impressed, guys. We are so impressed that you did all this research just for us. Oh well, we, we it just was it was fun. It was enjoying. It, I, I enjoy that. You know, learning more about people. Okay, you're, yeah, you're an actress. Well, no, you're not just an actress. You know, you're you're the producer. You're the writer. So it just it just continued to grow. It was fun. It was fun to to reach out 
Um, More than anything, I consider myself a storyteller. And I think that can be anything, whether you're working on sound, whether you're mm, a composer, mm -hmm. whether you're a writer, an artist, because I love painting. I, most of my paintings have people in them, because to me, then they can tell stories. Okay. Uh, so being an actor, being a writer, all of that. Did you only do the painting once? Meaning, what, what do you mean? Like the, the painting that's in the movie, was that the the third time you did the, the painting no, or was that, that was just just time. one one you knew what yes, you wanted wow that's amazing that's it's yeah. it turned out incredible it really did and then the interestingly interestingly she put this uh she put this um crackle glaze, crackle glaze over it okay yeah it didn't work the first time oh no <laughs> it had this really weird like milky opaque uh cast to it and larissa and i were freaking out <laughs> That, you know, oh my God, you know, and then uh, luckily we have a colleague who, who, who was familiar with how to fix it's it. It's like, I'll throw oh. a fire varnish over it, yeah. it'll be okay. I'm gonna oh, okay. Like, they seem harsh. Um, well, there's just... They seem just, really harsh, so I'm going to turn this on. And okay, let's... that'll be really blown out. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> no, no, that'll work. There we go. Is that better? Well, now we have just the harsh light of my monitor. Oh, well, that's okay. We're better now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so <laughs> going back to uh, the Mortal Kombat, so that the performance capture actor is that mm -hmm. that yeah. whole part of that and which is so you're in the move so they you do the body motions and then they record and you the for games motion. go ahead so yeah. it, it's 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 kind of, it's a very interesting process how they do it so uh -huh. every character that is in these e expansive epic games that they turn out one every two years um there four actors or four people go into the making of it you have the voiceover actor, you have the model whose face they scan um, and then kind of recreate. You have me. So all of the I have to I have to learn the um, the dialogue and how it's uh, timed out in the scene with um, uh, storyboards and kind of uh, animated mock ups. And I have to completely lip sync that and then in the volume move for these scenes. So this is for story mode. So this wow. is like the three hour story or the movie uh -huh. in between when the character, when the player gets to fight. So I lip sync, I provide all the facial movement, I do all the movement for the character. And then when they go, when they get to fight, that is the stunt people that they bring in, they provide those motions. Okay. So, you know, when, no one can really say, oh, I'm Katana, or oh, I'm Sonia, or I'm this character. It's like, no. Everybody is. You all are. to <laughs> it. You wow. all make, your, make them up. Okay. Who knew there that much went into making a video game? That's oh. crazy. This, these, it's, it's, been, it's been fascinating because I've been in it for 13 years. So I've oh, seen wow. every single game. It leaps and bounds. You, you know, you just look at the resolution and uh, the definition of the, the, the features, everything from uh, Mortal Kombat versus DC Universe, which was my first game, okay. to now. Um, the the you know, improvements that, 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 are amazing. It leaps and bounds with every single game. Like they used to hand or they used to hand key, hand animate the uh -huh. face. And then they started to film our faces and then hand key from that. And now we actually have head rigs with a camera right mm -hmm. here and a light in our face. Oh, wow. Capturing it. And they have to clean up the data and all that. But it's it's just been fat. I can't, can't even imagine where it's going to go from here. I said, I mark my words, in 10 years, we're going to have like a little um, we're gonna have like a little droid ro robot that's hovering <laughs> and flying around. And I can just see it now. So, so it's I got coming. It it's have, coming. Have you, ever <laughs> have you ever played any of the video games that you're in? <laughs> no, no. We, we play. Uh, I play Tetris and Settlers of Catan on my computer. 
Yeah, right? Perfect. Yeah. It was, I, I was not allowed to have video games growing up. So I would go over to my friends and watch them play. I get very <laughs> excited about watching them play because I could not survive past the first level of Super Mario Brothers. So <laughs> it's kind of pointless to have me play a game. I was so excited. I was doing motion capture for um, Harry Potter Wizards Unite. Um, it's a, uh, a mobile game. Okay. Similar to uh, Pokemon, Pokemon Go. Go. Yeah. yeah, so um, oh. Warner Brothers, I believe, and Niantic developed it together. So I was in Salt Lake City, and we're going out afterwards with the animators, and there's an old-fashioned arcade. So they had a Mortal Kombat 2 machine. Oh. And I was like, oh, I'll play as Melina, because I... I done Melina for some years and I'm like I want it I actually want it I got a fatality <laughs> I, was, I was holding somebody's spine that's, sure that's yeah. how you I'm get really addicted <laughs> so I'm curious when you're when you're making a, a lower budget film what was the biggest challenge to to this movie what what scene caused you the you know Lord. wait a minute how long is this episode <laughs> <laughs> How, how long do you every, want to go? Every step is at Everest. I mean, heck, I think I had a breakdown on day 12 of shooting. Yeah. <laughs> you know what's really interesting is that, um, you know, there's, there's, always, there's always a process of, of, or sequence of events that go into any production. Sure. Whether it's, whether it's a theater production or now a movie production. You know, you start off and you're enthusiastic and everybody loves each other and the script is hilarious and you can't wait to dig into it. And then you start doing it and you start going deeper and deeper and deeper into it. And then about halfway through it, you're like, what the hell have I done to myself? <laughs> it, it just feels literally like I put my testicles on an anvil and handed a sledgehammer to somebody and said, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. And then, you know, and so that's like midway, you get to that thing where it's like, you want you, you literally you're going here we go <laughs> I, I just looked it up this is what something that i oh, had, the process yes i had loved um when i saw this tw 20 years ago in my theater school and uh, here we go seven stages of film production take the first three i uh, would see number one wild enthusiasm that's what i was talking about yeah. <laughs> yep two sure. total confusion <laughs> three utter despair <laughs> Four, search for the guilty. Five, persecution of the innocent. Six, promotion of the incompetent. And then seven, distribution of t-shirts. <laughs> so. That, that wraps it up. That does seem right when yeah, you're talking. You run through the entire gamut of emotions with these things because literally in the same day, you can experience the highest highs and the lowest lows in the period of a couple hours. Sure. Because things are constantly changing. There's constantly a brush fire that could turn into a conflagration. Location issues. Time, yeah. people, you know, Neighbors of the location swearing at you. Uh. <laughs> Seriously. First day of shooting. We're shooting in this, uh, we're shooting in this uh, upscale apartment complex. Very, this, oh God. the second scene of the movie where, uh, when I walk in and with the oh, sure. security guard, yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, so we are we we do the scene in the elevator where she gets in the elevator and she scares the kid and the kid runs out whatever. And we thought we were using the right elevator. We thought we were using the right elevator. Well, people were pissed off because they had to use the stairs to get up to the third floor, and we had the elevator because we were using it to shoot the scene. And I was I was doing something else. I had my I had my 
B team filming that particular so scene. Were so people were swearing at our crew. They were swearing at Larissa, swearing at the crew. I wasn't there. I wish I was. I was like, oh. okay, I, I learned a lesson. <laughs> and Larissa have have an extra crew member because we were skeleton crew. It's like sure. you had someone down there. Down here at the elevator letting people know. But I got out to Larissa and Larissa had this look on her face like <laughs> Oh no. She, like sorry, sorry. <laughs> she had to, you know, utilize her best people skills. And Larissa generally doesn't like people. <laughs> I'm with I'm with you there. <laughs> yeah. You know, and it's only gotten worse over the past four years. Well, for me, I just felt like you know this. You know, pe people aren't making a they're not making a lot of money being on our crew or being in our cast. I was I took way too much responsibility for trying to make sure everybody was happy all the time. Yeah. 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 Well, everything so, fell on your shoulders. I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I was not just the director. I was also the toilet cleaner. Yeah. <laughs> right. So that's kind of how it goes. When you so that's the highs and the lows of the business is what. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but, so you know, so we were filming the scene, everything's going great. And then I come out and I find out that there's all this drama with people being pissed off. And Larissa's like PTSD and whatever. <laughs> and that was just day one. And then oh. we had 28 days and you're more like, of shooting. The, yeah. So maybe you, it made you grateful for the the easy days, but there were, there was a like, um, so when our Hubert, you remember when he fell in the lake? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, oh. the first time <laughs> he, um, I think he either forgot or he slipped. Our, our he had sound a mic person, pack on him. Our oh. sound person said, "You're wearing a lav that costs eighteen hundred dollars with a microphone that costs five hundred dollars. This is a rehearsal. We're going to block it. Do not fall in the lake." Well, guess what the actor did on the first try? <sighs> oh, <laughs> he fell in the lake. <laughs> He went in the lake. And, and he you know, didn't fall in the lake. He acted. He, he did the whole thing. And they immediately, the sound guy, plaintive wail. No! You know, because it was $2,300. And, sure. and so, fortunately, yeah, fortunately, we had insurance. That's why we have insurance. insurance. <laughs> we got reimbursed for it. But at the same time. I, you know, I'm sitting there. And at a certain point, I'm like, you know what? So that happened. Yeah. <laughs> like, what else do you what say? What do you do? You know? And then another, th another thing happened where it's like, we're, we were filming the scene. If you remember when the guy got beat up and killed. Yeah. Yep. That scene. So the henchman, the Russian henchman, I, I had a screen door that I closed because mosquitoes were getting in the house, but it was open prior to that. And I closed it and he didn't even look. He walked right through it. <laughs> and so that was a patio door that was completely mucked up for two years. <laughs> Until I was like, you know, I just fixed it. Last just week. Fixed it. <laughs> it's, we, yeah, we, it was, that's it was part of the post-production, fixing it. Yeah, right. <laughs> it, it was amazing how we had some wonderful surprises, like actors who were just total gems and just about helping in any mm -hmm. way they could to be part of it, to be storytellers. Like I said, not the divas, not I'm the star, or I'm this, just storytellers. Um, so we had some wonderful, like uh, Molly Morgan, she okay. was, um, if, if you rec if you remember her, she had dark hair. She played the reporter, so she was the an antagonist. But um, she and, and I met along with her sister Bonnie Morgan when I was in LA, and I was doing a reality show back in two thousand seven. I know if you guys remember, there was a horror series called Eight Films to Die For. Yes. Yeah. That, so that was after Dark Films, and they were doing this reality show for Miss Horror Fest, and Larissa was in that. I was cast show. out of Oh, Chicago. okay. So we met these ladies, Bonnie and Molly Morgan. Now, 
Molly, she's been on Dexter. She's been on Big Bang Theory. Weeds. She's been on Weeds. She's very, in, in her family, her sister has worked with Steven Spielberg. Okay. She was the, did you guys ever see Rings, the movie Rings? The yes. The hor- well, she's the Samara creature who crawls out of the pit. Oh, okay. okay. Spooky. So, yeah, so they're both in the film. So they came out from L.A. And uh, Molly was such a dear. She was here the longest. But she was. She just said, this is this is like a vacation for me. She's like, well, how can I help? You need help? Ca- my, mother, my mother did craft services. Oh. So she's like, well, here, help me. I'll carry this in. You need me help cleaning? Do you need me help sweeping this? I'll do whatever you need. And for us, who, you know, we're all wearing like 10 hats and mm-hmm. skeleton it was, crew. It was, it was amazing. Welcomed. It was so wonderful. And our, our, our crew was very devoted and very committed. Yeah. Uh, but the fire scene, that's the most entertaining story that's right yeah i was gonna ask yeah. about that that was yeah that okay, had to take so some I'll tell that story. crafting <laughs> and, and i'll poke you know yeah larissa cannot be silent for too long so <laughs> it's very welcomed we, we you know so we we scheduled everything well out from shooting so uh, the night of our church fire, mm-hmm. we had the fire department on the line. They were going to bring one of their uh, engines over, and they were going to loan us their personnel, and they were going to bring an ambulance yeah. over. And um, we only got them for a couple of hours, and we needed to start shooting at night because it was a night scene. Of course, we're in the middle of June. It's in the middle of June. <laughs> so it doesn't get dark till 930. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, we looked at the weather forecast, and it was like, Oh no, there's this giant cold front coming in. in in Chicago. Where are you guys located? We're actually just north of you. We're up in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. you are? Okay, yeah. so you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When the front comes in, it comes from the northwest. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when that front comes through, if it's, you know, if it's really hot on one side and really cold on the other, you're going to have some serious weather coming in. Yeah. That's the worst part about filming in the Midwest is the weather sure. is Every, so unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, we looked at the forecast. We saw that it was going to, yeah, we were going to get this big fork, this big front coming through at six o'clock and it's going to be rainy and crappy and whatever. And I knew as a director, if everybody was wet in that scene, it was going to create continuity problems in the future. Not to mention, okay, mic issues, if they're getting wet, wet if, you know, stuff. we had to put up tents for the cameras because we're like, what, what we, what's going to happen? Right. Mm-hmm. So what I did is we rescheduled the day. We initially were going to show up really, Seven. really later on in the evening and it was going to be a night shoot, but we couldn't do that because of the weather. So, I rescheduled everything. I called the cast and crew in very early because I wanted to block those scenes. I wanted to choreograph the camera movements. I wanted to choreograph the actors. So everything was going to be like a fine tuned choreographed machine. So as soon as it got dark enough, it would just be go, 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 go. Exactly. Yeah. So okay. as soon as it got dark. Um, Eight o'clock around. Well, it started getting, it's, no, it was later. Well, it was cloudy. So it we was had cloudy. So it got darker sooner, but the, the fire engine was there, um, the ambulance, everybody sh- had shown up, and we started to shoot. And this front, we're all watching our phones on the radar. You know, we're <laughs> looking at the weather radar going, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because this front was coming in just like at a diagonal, but it was a straight line coming right at us. Oh, no. And you could see, you know, when you look at the weather radar, you see the red and the purple sure. and the magenta. You're like, oh, my God, there's going to be tornadoes. Oh, my God. And uh, here's what happened. This front was coming at us like this, and then right in the middle of it, it opened up. Everywhere else, it was pouring, but in Valparaiso, where we were, it basically completely 
avoided us. Wow. Do you remember the director I told you about? The one who's, so if you were a dominatrix, Larissa, what would your name be? Okay. He had passed away three years before this, and I was like, thank you, Chris. <laughs> the movie gods were literally on our side. Because uh, yeah. I've never seen anything like it. it. It went from a straight line coming at us, and it just kind of like turned into this concave opening right around where we were filming. And we filmed nine and a half hours worth of footage in an hour and a half oh. because, because of the way we choreographed it. Yeah, two takes, that was it. Two takes, that was it. Wow. Two cameras, everything was choreographed. As soon as we got done with the scene where Larissa was in the ambulance getting the oxygen, it started to drizzle, and within a few minutes, it was pouring. Wow, yeah, and that's incredible. There's a lot of drama in that scene to get that all in, in two takes, It too. was. That was a... Yeah. We, we, you know, here's the surprising thing. Like there's certain scenes as a writer, you expect this is going to be the big, flashy, beautiful, gorgeous mm-hmm. scene, right? This is going to be the best stills. And it was surprising what those actual scenes turned out to be that were the favorites. Um, like in Valparaiso, the, the scene where the Ava and Radovan meet, um, we're outside on this patio area and you can see these beautiful, like crisp, uh, white Christmas lights in the trees. And it's just lovely. But we used a long lens. That, yeah. So there was a long lens with that. So it had a narrow field of, of, of focus for the shots themselves, but the background was really soft and it turned out to be just a really aesthetically pleasing shot to look at. But the one that okay. turned out to be our favorite scene and our favorite to look at turned out to be the fire scene because we'd have those, you know, the red lights that were on top of the fire engine and the ambulance would shine on us mm-hmm. and create, because there's a big motif of red, which I'm sure you guys will appreciate with your logo. But, <laughs> you know, this, this motif of red goes throughout the entire movie. Like if right. you guys took a shot every time you saw the color red in the movie, you you would not survive the movie. <laughs> well, we're from well, Wisconsin. we're from Wisconsin. We might. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There's another interesting thing about that scene. So all of all of the fire effects they are done entirely in the camera. So, oh. um, what we did is really? our gaffer. We had pars, and for those for people who are not familiar, pars are just basically spotlights and uh, smaller spotlights. On tripods. On tripods. And what he did is he had all of these different colored gels. So red, orange, amber, even a little bit of green and blue. So for those who don't know, that's like cellophane. Cellophane, but they're colored. And so they come in like square sheets. And what he did is he cut ribbons in the bottom of these gels. So they had all these kind of like flappy uh, rivulets of, of gel, you know. And then he clipped them to a barn door on the par and then put a fan on them to make them do this and flicker and flicker and flicker. So th- and so th- that created the flickering of the fire effect in the windows. Wow. So for oh, okay. those of you can't picture it, you know, the, the used cars, the, the blow up thing that does this outside the used car line. Right. Yep. That's basically, that's basically what, what the gels, the gels were, were doing. Oh. Now, what's interesting is is we had probably 10 setups with gels and pars, but we only had four fans. So how do you get all of those, all <laughs> of those right. to flutter? Because we needed it in every single window. So sure. every person on our crew, her mother who was craft service, our costumer, <laughs> our makeup, our makeup artist, it was in a church. So we had them with open Bibles doing this. Uh. <laughs> Being fans. <laughs> Fanning the gels to make them flutter. And then we had a couple smoke machines going, obviously. But it was so effective. 
Yeah. That people were stopping, driving by, stopping, wondering if the church was on fire. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> then, then you know you, you yeah, did a good job. Yeah. It, right. it worked. They were all doing God's work. <laughs> <laughs> Spreading the word. <laughs> and it's interesting you brought up God's work because we had one of our, like, porn trolls. Oh, jeez. <laughs> went on, uh, it was a, a, there was a site on the internet that was showing our trailer. And, and somebody had written... Don't bother with this one. There's not even any nudity in it. And then somebody <laughs> came on and made a comment, you are doing God's work, sir. <laughs> oh, my goodness. You what? just never know out there. Yes. is that crazy? Oh, oh my God. It, it has been very interesting to see who responds to our ads and our trailers and oh, various videos. Listen to this one. So oh you do God. read them, obviously. But you've well, got to know. Oh, okay. She doesn't. Okay. Well, I have this philosophy um, that you know my work, my okay, my work right now is to to be a good writer and do great work for for the next production, whatever it is. Write a great script. The you know reading something that's gonna f- blow up my ego. Oh, you're so amazing! Or you're so hurt great. Your psyche. I want to. It doesn't help me do the work. Sure. Something that's tearing me down, somewhat anonymous, that doesn't help me do the work, and neither does me getting full of myself and becoming self-conscious. It's like, I no, I have to concentrate on doing the best work I can. And, and being humble. So Which is good, because my, it's garbage anyways. So Right, right. So my job is to handle all of the social media. Okay. I just give him videos and, and photos. Yeah, she gives me <laughs> the material, and then I put it out there. So the other night, so uh, we had a message come in on Facebook. You have a message <laughs> on your uh, movie page. And I was like, oh, okay, let's go take a look at this. So it was some booger eater. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I, I'm looking for attractive female company tonight. It's 10 p.m. This offer is rescinded in exactly 26 minutes. Why 26 What? Minutes? Why not 30? Oh, right. 25? I read 26. this thing and I was like, literally, you know, do you ever see the cartoons where the jaw falls on the floor? And the yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. That was me. So I wrote him back and I was like, oh, this is CJ Giuliani's writing. I don't think I'm your type. <laughs> however, okay. however, I'm sure you get all kinds of quality women responding oh. to such an intriguing introduction. Right, right. However, in the interest of you, perhaps you might want to try a bowling alley bar at 3 a.m. <laughs> yes. Yeah, the then internet. Have some fun. He oh, come back. on. Oh. He did. He wrote a three-word answer, and I quote, thanks for response, and he spelled response, R-E-S-P-O-N-C-E. <laughs> it's very difficult to type out a message with one hand. Yeah, the, the internet is a wonderful place. I, I saw toilet of the, the social media is the toilet of the <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Lady Gaga said that. It's absolutely true. Oh, it is, it is. I know. I saw somebody comment on one of your pictures, Larissa, that oh, just asked right. if you were single. And I'm like, <laughs> well, Stop no, the that's blue. Not, that's, well, I prefer that to the most recent one I got, which is, hey, I saw your movie. It was good. What's your OnlyFans? And I was like, if you saw the movie, I didn't respond, but I'm thinking if you saw the movie, you would not be asking that question. Yeah, exactly. Right. Wow. And honestly, you know, it's people, men, men, 
Men. Men. Yeah. <laughs> men. You're right. Well, yeah. Uh, I, we, we have not had any women come to our Instagram page and ask us what our OnlyFans is. I can tell you that. Yeah, no. <laughs> No, they don't. They don't care if we're single. Apparently, they nope. nope so, None of that. yep, it's men. It's men. Um, uh, I do. Uh, I got to collect my thoughts again because that's that's too funny. Well, you collect your stuff. thoughts. I got to ask: Did you take any? Did you get any training on how to be a mistress? No. Okay. No, we had a consultant on set actually okay. who okay. Uh, had done that type of thing. We know nothing about that. Yeah. At all. I mean, we've been married for 16 years. We're very happy with each other. We, yeah. Oh, you know, well, we sure. don't need all the accoutrements. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know? So, so you know, I, but I wanted to be respectful to the community because sure. being you were, a yes. poser. <laughs> so yes. I was like, you know, I. This is just an aspect of this character to push her to that that juxtaposition extreme of yeah. the Episcopal priest. Um, and, you know, like I said, that came with its own baggage as far as marketing and the feedback oh. you get from people. As, as we you were like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have done the dominating. <laughs> um, but no, we had a wonderful consultant who was like, you know, that that made sure that we were doing things um, safely and respectfully and using the equipment properly. No, there was the, one of the funniest things. So we had to have a training session. Total strangers, the gentleman who played Kurt in the movie, the fiance that I set on fire. So he had to come over here. He had never met us, didn't notice from a hole in the ground. And we set him on fire. And he was like, okay, this is going to be like Girl Scouts. We're all going to learn how to tie knots and set each other on fire. <laughs> fun, fun evening. That's a literal thing. We had no Fireplay. idea. So it's, it was oh. like when she is, she oh. it to us. It was, it was all her genius because, you know, she knew fire was a theme in the movie. And right. She's like, you know about fire play? You can use hair mousse and the skin as long as it's been shaved and set it on fire and it'll create a warming effect and this is a really cool look. So we ended up trying like every hair mousse in creation yeah. to try to find the best look that would create the best fire. Yeah, if anybody out there needs some hair mousse, I think we have about 30 <laughs> bottles of it. Yeah. Because to find the right one. All because some of them don't burn. Some of them will just go poof and be done. Oh, Other okay. ones, there's a lot of alcohol content, so they burn more. Sure. Yeah, the butane. And the effect. Yeah. Some of these, I'm like, oh, this is so cool, and I would never put this in my hair. <laughs> not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. Right up, you know? Well, now you know which ones to stay away from. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. Which one is the one that was Aussie it? was really good. Aussie. Aussie. was really good. <laughs> yeah. That's the good one. Okay. It's been around forever. <laughs> so that opening scene in the movie where the guy's hanging and we we set him on fire. Yeah. Yeah. That was interesting. That was our unit production manager. That was our unit production manager. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. That was entirely improv. So we wanted, I wanted to come up with a scene. No, the script. Did I wrote the script for that? We improv it that day, babe. No, it was scripted. And then we improved it. Anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Anyway, um, so where am I going with this? Okay, so we had a, a theme of fire in the movie, and we needed an opening scene that would also grab people's attention and mm -hmm. segue well into the actual title. Actually, I, now that I remember, it, that was written to be like a promo video that we were going to shoot in January, yes. months before, but then we had a blizzard. Right. So okay. it oh. didn't turn out to be like the promo video. Right, for. right, right, right. So, um, and then if you recall, we, we Larissa put the M for mistress or man-eater on his back and then lit it on fire, and then it kind of segued into the uh, computer-generated titling. 
Right. Um, we had to do that on that guy. We set him on fire probably 15 times. Oh, wow. Before we got it right. Because I had to get the foam right. The foam would like spurt and do weird things and it wouldn't light right or whatever. And so we had to keep doing it over and over. And he was a trooper because he would lay there and I would be, so we'd have, we had the camera on, we had to, we had to wait to get, uh, we had to do it in slow motion. So, so, the, so fire, the fire would be slower and so you'd it wouldn't see go, it. So it would just. Uh, oh, sure. Water. Okay. And uh, I was just off uh, the frame with a completely soaking wet towel to throw on him. As soon as we got the shot, we had to do it like 15 times. So <laughs> the last shot was actually the shot we used in the movie. Oh, wow. Okay. And it was really funny because he was very stoic and he was a real trooper. But the last take, he was like, ow. <laughs> <laughs> well, the fire went crazy. The fire, the fire it went big. <laughs> and then you're like, that's the one. He was fun. He was uh, he was a good, uh, like you said, to grab you when you started because he was he seemed like he had fun with the, the character. When he, oh, he when, totally, when we had to do a pickup for that, he had the makeup on and all that, like, because <laughs> he was trying to be um, Dr. Frankenfurter, you know, and then the pearls and all that. Uh, and we're like, we need to go to a lunch break. Do you want to take that, all that makeup off before you go out? He's like, nah, I'm so we went, we I was went like, to you the, are so brave. I love you, man. We <laughs> went to the local Mexican restaurant with this guy dressed up like Frankenfurter. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. When you, uh, are you the director that is like, one and done or is it nope give me oh, no. give me more or do it well, try it four or five times and then you'll pick the, the the best one after i'm not stanley kubrick if that's what you're asking <laughs> um but i mean we just had like five or six takes we would sometimes okay we would five or six takes. i think the most takes i ever did was maybe seven or eight um but you know when you're when you're filming it's not just the actors who can mess up it could be literally the blocking the movement isn't the focus, right sure. the focus pulling isn't right the tracking of the camera isn't right the lighting isn't right you know you 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 view the replay and you see you know that the that the uh the boom is in the shot and you have to read it there's a million different or a, things a bug is flying it. or a shadow is cast out of nowhere yeah. so we had that sometimes even in post where it's like i use the shot and then once it's all blown up we're looking at going wait a uh, minute we can't there's something in this shot that we shouldn't be in this shot. Now I have to go to another take. So sometimes the best, we needed to have that best performance several different times. <laughs> oh, okay. Because of yeah. other things going on. And there were shots that we discovered even deep into our editing process where it's like, wait a minute, is that the boom in the tree? Yes, oh no! So we would have to take <laughs> the shot and, and expand it to, you know, just get the get that out of the shot. So oh, I got gotcha. you. Okay. All kinds of stuff that happens like that. And you did you did all the editing, Larissa? I did. I did the assembly cut. Wow. Um, our DP, who's an amazing filmmaker in his own right and a co-producer with this on us, John Wesley Norton, he was the colorist. Um, he and I worked on sound editing together. Uh, we had someone who helped with dialogue editing. Um, uh, Logan Norton, John's son, helped with some of the Foley. It was a very, very in-depth process. But I, I basically made most of the decisions about what takes to use um, with some input from Craig. I'm like, hey, this one or this one, which performance do you prefer? Sure. So, she put the, so she put the assembly cut together, which is basically the rough cut. Okay. Uh-huh. For, for those of you who are listening that are not filmmakers. Sure. And then we got into the editing room and we did the fine cuts where we took out the placeholder music where we we initially our initial cut was 
202 mm -hmm. and then we had to get it down we got it down to 151. so we the three of us together were deciding we do were we cut deciding, this scene yeah. do we cut we usually just lines paragraph shots just trying to get that time down because from um romantic comedy up this one ran a little longer because it's not just romantic comedy yeah, there's a mystery right. element that has to be tied up the drama elements the action elements all of these things have and that takes time to tie up it's not just this very very basic two-dimensional characters in a two-dimensional conflict by any means um, it's not no you're by but any still, means people, yeah people just look at that runtime and go it's too long so it's like we had to really make it as tight as possible which is good though because so many yeah. indies as you know aren't tight they feel like a 10-minute short film that's been stretched sure right <laughs> yeah. no there was something going on all the time in your movie <laughs> yeah. for sure you seem like so it could go longer, but yeah. That's what we had to figure out. It's like, what can we cut without taking away from people following the story and the logic of the plot? What's really nice is that now that now that it's been out, and uh, if you look at the reviews and you look at the, the the comments that we've gotten on Amazon Prime and on IMDb, we have an equal number of people saying, this was way too short, I wanted more. And then we have mm. another group of people who say, you know, it could have been trimmed a little. So sure, that yeah. tells me that we're like right in the switch. Yeah, right. Yep, That's nailed good. it. Good point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, are you, is your concentration all on film now? Do you do you have any interaction with the theater anymore? We do lots of different things. Yeah, we do a lot of different things. I actually just reached out to a theater company to uh, to see if they were interested in partnering for some productions. We haven't heard back yet. Okay. But the pandemic has screwed everything up. Yeah. yeah. It's been it's been very tough for especially for indie filmmakers um, with the pandemic. And well, but I mean, for our day jobs, um, I do a lot of live event work, live gig work, and that sort of thing. Okay. So in, in, in the entertainment world, in the world of it's still entertainment. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And I yeah. do the same. And my day job is I'm a financial advisor. So oh, I okay. Help okay. I help people become wealthy. That's and it's it's very satisfying when you see people have success with their money. So. Uh, but I'm considering giving it up and going into the entertainment business full time. So, oh. well, I'll know probably within six months yeah. what yeah. I'm going to do. Okay. So I'm kind of like slowly getting into it with Larissa, and we've had some real recent success yeah. with it. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But it's doing all those very Good. strange things. Like I'm doing a runway show tomorrow night. Um, it's all those un unusual things that I do that feeds my writing. Yeah, she was a card girl at a mixed martial arts championship. Yeah, I see that. So, yeah, I was like, I was after the movie, I was like, yay, I finally get to actually see a match in person. <laughs> well, um, which I saw that on your Instagram page, and, and your give him the pictures to post. I, I definitely want to make a comment that my favorite picture on your whole Instagram was the taken from the 1870s camera where you're in that. Yes, the that's old... one of my favorites too. Yeah, I do my own my own Instagram, but he takes care of the movies. Oh, too. I gotcha. Okay. I, I love that shot. That was I do an too. enormous camera. Yeah, you know the old cameras that had the big bellow? Yes. Yeah. And the big piece of sheet film? Yeah, that's what it was, that's what it was done on. Love that picture. I, I Yeah, that really stood out. I, that, that was a terrific picture. Yeah, history is uh, very, very important to me, and I've obviously I was able to work that into the movie a little bit. But that's that's my favorite little niche and thing to enjoy as well in all aspects of the art world. Yeah, and then she married an antique. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a fine wine; it just gets better with age. There you go. Um, well, we are obviously cocktails, so we do have a drink every night, and we didn't mention earlier that we picked the Chicago cocktail to drink tonight. Oh. Because we, we knew the movie was shot in Chicago, and we 
Yeah. Thought you lived there. So it's actually called the Chicago Cocktail. So oh, really? What is the Chicago's what is cocktail? What's in it? It's brandy, splash of triple sack, and then a pinch of bitters. Oh, you that guys are up nice. in you guys are up in Wisconsin. Do you guys drink Sprecher beer? Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had Sprecher Abbey Triple? Yes. Oh no, I have. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's the best beer ever. Yeah. It's like it's like nine and a half percent alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's a big beer. beer. <laughs> It will light you up. Yeah. Yep. But it, it's like, it's thicker. It tastes almost like a cordial. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. They make some good beers. They Try do. that one, man. They yep. do. Okay. I'm not as big a fan of the IPA, but do the Abbey Triple. Yeah. I'm not an IPA drinker. No. So I, yeah. I t- unless they're, unless they're just not very bitter at all. Some of these newer ones kind of. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. And we're actually, um, tomorrow night, we're, no, no, Saturday. Saturday night. So we're spending Saturday and Sunday in Chicago this weekend. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We're, we're going down. We're, um, we're going to stay in Skokie. Skokie. Yeah, the Evanston, Skokie area. Okay. Gotcha. Um, so Sunday, we're, because Sunday, we're going to um, a radio station there um, to talk with uh, Carrie Kendall and her radio show. So she, she invited us down. So we'll be in, yeah, we're, we're coming to visit your neck of the woods there. Fantastic. Yeah, we love Chicago. We love going out in Chicago. Yeah, yeah. we love. And where yeah. are you guys in Wisconsin? Um, we're about an hour north of Milwaukee. Gotcha. So like pleasant. No, that's not pleasant. We're at, we're in we're in uh, the Fox Valley. Or Appleton is kind of okay, the biggest yeah. city for us. About a half hour from Green Bay. Yeah. No, my I don't. This is a little uh, uh, trivia. My cousin is the head trainer for the Packers. Oh, okay. Wow. Okay. So I, I, if you guys follow the Packers, his nickname is Flea. Okay. And uh, he he worked. He started off working for Bill Parcells. Oh, okay. And then he uh, and now he's his best friend is Aaron Rodgers. Oh wow. Okay. And uh, yeah, so we we're we're all connected to the Packers through that. So are you are you are you a football fan? You know, I I, I used to play football. Oh, okay. So okay. when I watch football, I get this pang of jealousy that I can't <laughs> work because I'm old. <laughs> You know, <laughs> so like I'll I'll watch when it's playoff time. But sure, other than yeah. that, and, and he's very stuff. patient because I grew up in a music family, not in a sports family. Yeah. So I'm like, why are they running that way? I told him, <laughs> I was like, what's what's the down again? Okay, why are they running? That? I thought they had the ball. And what's then going I'll mess on? With her and I'll like, and I'll mess with her. I'll like. They take the puck and they slide it inside the base, and then you know they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll pick the basketball through the hoop. Just <laughs> totally mess them all up. Yeah. Oh, that's fun. So, so what's next? What do you guys got going on next? And you said, Larissa, you said you're writing another script currently. Yes, I am. But you know, we don't know necessarily what the timeline on that. Sure, sure. Um, but I, the, ideally, the best time to film in is the Midwest is the summertime. Yeah. No matter what. May and June. Mm-hmm. And it's also the most scenic and the prettiest. Yeah, right. <laughs> it is right. for sure. Yeah. So and- Larissa has written a couple scripts already that they just they were very good, but they didn't have the same kind of glimmer and sheen that Mistress Maneater had. Well, what we've learned is that you know this is an Everest that just goes on and on and on and on. It's such a hard process, and you know we didn't pay ourselves, um, and so you know working a full time job for nothing. And you and you deal with the abuse, you deal with the headaches. You have to love it, and you really have to believe in the project. So no matter what, it's like I'm just so glad this story is out there, and people get to enjoy this story. 
And so looking at a new script, it's like it's not that the fact that we have to do everything, mm-hmm. it's not enough for it to be good. It it's has, especially amazing. now that we've gone through it. And right, it's like, yeah, do yeah. you want to go through all this again, not knowing if and what the return will be or anything like that? Right. It's like, no, it has to be something we love that's life affirming to us that gives us meaning. And so it has to be really spectacular. No pressure, Larissa. <laughs> <laughs> all of our theater, all of our theater work, when I was directing and producing theater, it was, I always had this attitude, like my name is on it. Yeah. Produced sure. by, directed by CJ Julianus. And I got a reputation in the theater community of always putting on really, really top notch plays. And I would do plays that were newer. I didn't, I didn't gravitate toward the odd couple or any of, you know, all of the tried and true old war horses. I always did the new edgy stuff. Nice. And that's what I gravitate towards. But if, if, if Larissa and I can't do something at the highest level to where devoting, like if I was doing theater, it'd be a six, I would devote six months of my life to a production. But with a movie, like I said earlier, it's four or five years. And if you're, I mean, like I was working with my composer for 12 hours straight on Christmas day. And I want to still feel at the end of those 12 hours, I want to be doing this. I'm excited to be doing this. This is worth it. So, yeah. So for us to, for us to devote that kind of energy and time to a project, it's got to shine even more than the one we already did. So we're finding that out too. Yeah. Okay. That's understandable. Is the theater on the Hill still active today? It is. I'm not. I don't have anything to do with it anymore. We moved away from there. So, okay. Yeah, we've been affiliated for five years. Yeah, six it's been years. a long. It's been a long time. Um, I was. I'm happy that I did it. It was a wonderful, wonderful time in my life. But you know, I mean, we all have seasons in our life. Right. And that was the ten year season of my life that was very fruitful. I met wonderful people. I met Larissa that way. Sure. Um, it, it changed my life in in numerous ways that. You know, just esoteric, financial, all kinds of different things. And it was, it led me to where I am now, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah, I was. And now I'm moving on to the next thing. I was back at the theater for the first time last night since the pandemic, and it was nice. Oh, it really? Was, yeah. What did you see? Uh, Wicked is in town. So. Oh, nice. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Yes. yeah, I love the show. So we went last night. So <laughs> it was nice to be back in that environment. It is. I've always loved live theater. Yeah. You guys do theater? Do you, are you involved with it at all? No, no. I've always there's troops locally that I've always would love to get involved with. But are you guys married at all? No. Well, do you have significant others or anything like that? I, I'm currently seeing somebody, but we're I, I'm divorced. He's divorced. I'm yeah. divorced as well. Yeah. You know what's what's really interesting is my theater company resulted in six marriages. Oh, I okay. The, the, in, so I always tell people this, you know when especially single people. I always, they, they always say, you know, I'm looking for somebody I'm ready to, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready. I'm, or I'm how ready. do I meet How people? do I meet people? Sure. And, you know, they're doing the online dating and they're doing the plenty of fish and the swipe left. Is, oh, <laughs> we have a funny so, story, but go ahead. I so, could never do online dating. I feel bad for people. <laughs> but I always tell people, do something. And I always use theater as an example, but it's not just theater. Uh-huh. It's anything that you have a passion about that you want to go do to make your life better. So, what do they say? You're the most attractive to someone when you're doing what you're passionate. What you love, yeah, right. absolutely makes sense. So, with theater, what's really lovely about theater is that it's a it's it's a bunch of strangers mm-hmm. coming together to put on a play and do something interesting that they never would be able to accomplish on their own, right? And fun and creative. coming together, you know, three four times a week. You're learning. You're learning how to do the play. You're doing all that, but you're also seeing people 
without an agenda, right? Because yeah. they're not, when you're dating, what's the first date for people? Right. It's a job interview. It's an it is. Yeah, fake it. it. Right? Fake it as but much as you, possible. <laughs> right. But when you're doing theater, you are in the moment, being yourself, um, trying to embody the character, trying, you know, being in a part of a community. And then when you start doing it for a while, then you start hanging out together. You start going to the bar afterwards, having a drink, you have cast parties, you do all this kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden you see people in a different light. You see them for who they are too. When they're working, when they're playing, when they're stressed, when they're having fun. Yeah. If they're stressed out, they're assholes, then you're not like, okay, well, right. (laughs) Sure. You're out. Yeah. But, you know, but then you see other times where people are just at their very best in the worst circumstances and, and seeing them do things that they love that you love too. And it's an instant connection. Yeah. Okay. So whether it's doing theater, whether it's doing music, uh, art, whatever it is, if you're passionate about it, then there's going to be other people that are also passionate about the same thing in the same environment. I, I did miss that yeah. about, um, I expect, I had hoped to have more of that during the filmmaking process of that, you know. It doesn't yeah. exist with film. No, because film, you're just like, let's go, let's go, <laughs> let's go, let's go. go, let's yeah. go. Yeah. You don't get to relax and go out for drinks and party and play games as a yeah. group. And then sometimes sure. you only have an actor for one or two days, you know, right. with, whereas with theater, you're doing this together for months. Right. So sure. it's a completely different thing. So. Yeah. Okay. So you were saying you had a funny story. Yeah, let's hear it. Um, well, you mentioned <laughs> plenty of fish. So we did a, one of our podcasts when we, you know, when we, we didn't have anyone to interview is we, we, we drank. And then we, at the time of our podcast, we both signed up for plenty of fish. And so Uh-oh. we went through the process and we, you know, asked the questions and we answered the questions. So we filled out the application during one of our podcasts. Oh, and that, nice. And so they, so one of the things was we were going to, um, then follow up with the dates we went on and see, and it, never, it never went beyond the one episode. <laughs> that's, not, <laughs> that's not how I met who I'm currently seeing. Right. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. So we had fun with it. We had fun with it one night and then kind of we're talking to some people that night after we had been, you know, well, we made fishbowl drinks. Yes. So we, we both had a fishbowl this big of a drink that nice. we barely put a dent in and you know it just was one of those nights so well the question is were you catfished no no nope <laughs> well I, I haven't been back on i don't know yeah there was probably some attempts but no never really followed through we, we never did <laughs> it was gonna be like a you know every week we're gonna talk about who we went on a date with or if we got any hits and we just like oh my God. weeks if later was- months later we're like oh we haven't even looked you yeah know? so we just forgot we just what did died but it was a fun episode it was fun yeah <laughs> you guys run a fun show. I mean, this is this has been great. Thank you. Well, Thank I appreciate you, yeah, you appreciate guys it. taking the time. We really do. Yeah, and if you it was right. a lot of fun, you know. I mean, when you can talk like this and and just have a lot of laughs, even even though our, our experience was fairly terrifying. Sure. <laughs> well, I can tell you for myself, and I know he would agree. Just listening to you talk about the art of filmmaking is so interesting. Yeah. That I mean, I could sit and listen forever. So yeah, we anytime, well, we'd love to come back. Yeah, anytime. Uh, That's what I was just gonna say. If you ever want to come back, just absolutely. let us know. And uh, I feel like I so geek out about that stuff. Like you know, just for me, the most the most life affirming aspects of this as a storyteller was matching music to picture. Yeah. Okay. You know, having just the right hit at just the right time in the music. Oh, that means it's like oh, this 
this is why I be wanted to be a filmmaker as a little kid, was to see this magic come together with the story, with the performances, with the picture, with the music, and it just touches your heart. So I'm, I geek out about that. I'm stuff. glad you brought that up, because our, our composer, we actually hired a woman named Lisa Liu. She studied strings at Juilliard for 12 years. Oh, oh, wow. She is an amazing musician, and she composed all of our music original. Oh, wow. Well, we, have, we have two covers that she recorded of classical music. But she covered it. Pieces. Yeah, so this, this, the okay. Moldau is in it. The Moldau and then the Winter by Vivaldi. Yeah, so those are in it. But she did all of that orchestration. And then uh, we initially wanted to get the song by Elvis Presley, Can't Help Falling in Love. Okay. As the musical motif for our movie. But yep. we just wanted to get the rights, not to his recording, but to just the sheet to, music so sheet. she could, you know, yeah. incorporate it into the score and then in the singing and the scene in the theater and all that. Okay. It was $30,000. It was estimated. We never really got a response, actually. But <laughs> yeah. The estimate was $30,000 to get the rights. And we're like, right. Well, guess what? You're not just painting the painting, you're writing a song. So she wrote the song and nice. they composed it together and Larissa sang it beautifully in the movie and there it is. You know, we had I had a I had somebody from India wondering if they could get the soundtrack. Oh wow. It was yeah, it really tied the film together. It really yeah. did. Yeah, I, well, I, I know that. That was the big question for me is, oh, my God, is this going to seem so out of the blue? And are people going to say this is the dumbest thing in the world? I hope not. No, <laughs> no. But you don't know until it all comes together sometimes. You just so. got to put it out there what you what you feel is right at the time, right? I mean, yeah. that's what you you felt. So perfect. No, yeah, I, so I really for, enjoyed it. Thanks. Thank so you. for anybody who's listening, can I put a little plug for a movie? Do you absolutely. Well, yes, I'm going to tell you. Yeah. Plug everything you guys are working on. And absolutely. Okay, so um, we are now streaming on Amazon Prime, mm -hmm. 2B TV, Apple Play, Apple, Apple TV, TV, Google Play, and IMDb TV, mm -hmm. right? So you can watch that movie anywhere. You can get it for free with your Prime subscription. It's also streaming for free on Tubi, but you, it's with commercials TV. and IMDb TV. So please watch it. Um, please tell your friends. Uh, it's 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 really an interesting. I'm not tooting my own horn here, but we're averaging four and a half stars out of five on Prime right now. At People the very really least, check out it. the trailer. Yeah, check out the trailer. <laughs> there you if go. If you like it, please tell your friends. Leave us a rating. Uh, write us a review. That would be great. If you hate it, tell all your enemies to watch it. <laughs> the title is The Misadventures of, of Mistress, Mistress Maneater. Perfect. Perfect. And you got, well, Two uh, rave ra ratings right here. So, you guys are amazing. Did you Thank guys you rate so it much. and review it for us? I have not, but not I will because I know how important it is, and I hate, yes, I feel like it a is. hypocrite when I ask people to do that for the podcast, and then I don't do it. So I will go do it. I will do it. <laughs> it is yeah, important. yeah, because it is. the reason it's important, just so you know, is that the more ratings and reviews and streams, the closer to the front of the thumbnail carousel on Prime they uh. put us. Sure. So we'll we can be closer to like 120 instead of 280. Yeah, so people go. are yeah. more inclined to watch a movie that's in the first 50 or 100 yeah, rather than right. scrolling 300 back. You Absolutely. know what I mean? Sure. Okay. Well, that's then we'll yeah, about. we'll definitely do. I'll do that as well. Um, I meant more just as we were talking that we, I you know, I enjoyed the movie a lot. So yeah. we'll definitely thank go on and so rate much. it. Absolutely, and cannot thank you enough for coming on and talking with us. 
It was a genuine pleasure, yeah, Chad, seriously. I, I have to admit, I was a little exhausted today before we came on the podcast. And now she's and, energized. And you guys just made it worthwhile. So Great. thanks for running a wonderful podcast. Yeah. If oh. you guys ever have a podcast where you don't have guests, let us know. We'll join you. Sounds great. Thank you so yeah, much. There's plenty you. of other very strange things we can talk about. Like when I got hired to um, be a Victorian caroler at a Santa funeral for a Santa who didn't exist. Okay. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Just like the movie, it takes a lot of twists and, yeah, and goes. Exactly. It's never <laughs> awesome. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you so much. Have a good night. We appreciate Thanks, it so much. Good night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The tavern is closed for now, but we'd love to have you back for more fun next time. Seriously, though, get your asses out of here. Hey there, fabulous souls. I'm Stephanie Baklaan. And I'm Eden Alpert. And we're the hosts of the brand new podcast, Unapologetically Fab. Get ready to join us on an amazing and real journey as we dive into life after 40 and own it. We're all about changing the narrative, leaning into who you are, and living a life by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab. An electric cast production. See you there. Hey, what's happening out there, everybody? This is Lawrence Ross, and I'd like to tell you a little bit about my podcast, The Lawrence Ross Show. Egomaniac. It's a two-hour weekly exploration into my mind. I also do sketches, celebrity impersonations. You're out of order! And I also do song parodies. Not too shabby for a blind guy. Not only are you visually impaired, but you are geographically impaired. New episodes are released every Friday. Check it out on your favorite podcasting platform or listen to it here on Society 13 on Electrocast. Electric acid.